Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 49 of Preston Jensen's podcast. I'm your host, Preston. Uh, today, I've got a, a very exciting guest on, a fellow podcaster, uh, the host of the Hive podcast, Jared Spink. Jared, uh, thank you first off for being on the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into podcasting. Yeah, first off, man, thanks uh, thanks for having me on. This is uh, this is great. It's very awkward being on the the other end when you're you're a podcast host and you get invited on. But uh, yeah, man, I got into podcasting about a year ago. Um, that's something I've wanted to do for man like a little over ten years. It took me a long time to finally pull that trigger, um, and I'm so happy I, I did. I got to I've got to meet so many cool people, have amazing conversations, learn a ton, and uh, see this. Um, you know, community kind of grow around the show, which is just, it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's been great. So when you got started, did you have any idea it would grow into something like this? Uh, I mean, I think we all have the, the goal and the hopes that we want it to grow into something, but, uh, you know, when you're first starting out, it, it's hard to see, I don't know if you want to say like the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's hard just to see any light, like, where is it going to go when, once you actually get started? You have hopes and dreams, but it, it's, it's really hard to see how it, it actually will develop until you're, you're in it and you start seeing it develop, you know? So tell me how it felt your very first guest. Uh, how did you reach out to them and were you thinking they'd say yes? Cause I know from my standpoint, I remember reaching out to my very first guest thinking there's absolutely no way this person's even going to respond if they do great, but what's the worst they can say? No. So, yeah. Uh, well, the show started out with, um, I mean, it, it started out different than what it is now. It, it's pivoted and transitioned um, probably because of COVID, you know, because the show started out initially in-person interviews. So I was working out of a co-working space. Um, they had a podcast room and I, so I jumped on it. I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put this room to use. And I had a, um, a fellow I don't know, co-working space person that was there that I asked to be on the show. Um, and he agreed to it because the show originally started out interviewing um, entrepreneurs and creatives. It's kind of evolved since then to just creatives and the entrepreneurship of creativity. Okay. So initially it was also including just entrepreneurs doing anything. And so a co-working space is perfect place is a perfect place to meet entrepreneurs. Um, and so I had talked about it for probably about a month before I actually recorded my first episode. And um, so I had a few people that were um, already down to be on. I had a schedule before I, before I recorded the first episode and um, yeah. So getting started once I actually committed to it was fairly smooth. Yeah. So you had done a lot of planning before you just dove right in. Cause absolutely. I, yeah. uh, from my standpoint, I was thinking, you know what, I'm just going to get out of my comfort zone. Terrible at public speaking. I want to just get into this dive right in. Um, so I went into it blind looking back now. I really wish I would have had a plan set out like that. Um, it would have been nice to have a direction to see where, where things were going. But like you said, uh, the podcast kind of evolve as time goes on, depending on who you've got on the show and whatnot. Uh, can you tell us about your branding? Because that's the first thing I noticed when I checked out your page, the branding uh, and everything that goes along with it is just on point. Uh, how much went into that and how much time do you take designing branding? Yeah. So 
I mean, already had a, a brand kind of look and style going into this because um, I, uh, I'm self-employed. I have a business called Hive Media um, that does a lot of freelance work. And so I already kind of had a, a logo. I already had like the color scheme going and I kind of just wanted that branding to, you know, run in like be just on point with the podcast too. I wanted to keep the branding all the same. So um, that was actually fairly easy for the show because I already had a color scheme. I already had somewhat of a logo that I reached out to my logo designer and said, Hey, here's my logo for my business. I want it to be fairly similar, a couple of little minor tweaks. Um, but branding to me is really important. I have a, a background in sales and marketing and I was in marketing for a long time. And I think branding is so, so important. And to keep that consistent look, um, I think is important. So consistency and having a good look and, and sticking to it once you've decided and not have it change constantly. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to change. I've debated maybe flipping the colors a little bit, like same colors, but maybe instead of a black background, I have a yellow and like just, you know, maybe some switches, okay, like as the show progresses. But um, yeah, I think branding is important. And it was fairly simple because I already had a brand for, for my business. I think it's very cool because if you go to your podcast, if you go to your website, if you go to your YouTube channel, you know who's behind it. And to yeah. me, that um, enforces credibility. So when someone goes there, they know it's you. And uh, it, it makes everything look a lot more professional. Uh, and I'm sure that helps. Uh, from the podcasting standpoint, getting guests. I mean, it I, really does. I, yeah, I, I feel it, like it really does. Uh, have you found that uh, people have said, "Hey, I really liked what you've produced, and I want to come on your show because of that"? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have had people request to come on the show. I'm a, um, I don't want to say that I'm like super picky, but I'm always a little skeptical when someone approaches you to be on the show, right. your show own show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had people comment on the branding. Um, that it, it's really professional and it looks good. And I think that goes into, you know, having a plan in place before you start whatever you're going to start. I mean, I'm a very impatient individual and I want to, you know, like you just jump into it, but I think it's important to at least give it some thought and have a strategy and a plan in place and start to develop that before you put anything out there um, from a branding aspect. I think it's so important. So yeah, we got to, I got to, for myself, dial it back a little bit that like impatientness and just want to like produce and get the content out there because I want it, like you said, no matter where you go, you can kind of tell that it's all related. It's all right. the same branding. And um, to me, that's super important. Absolutely. And I'm sure for the guests that you reach out to, they go to your site and see how professional it looks and think, absolutely, I'm going to be on this guy's show because everything looks so good. Yeah, it's just ultimately going to help you in the long run if you have a plan and a strategy and branding in place before you roll anything out because it's going to make the show look more professional it's going to be easier to reach out to guests and to have guests commit to coming on the show um, because it it shows how professional you are and that right. you're committed to to your show yep now this next uh portion of this next question i've got it's kind of a three-part uh question because it goes into your workflow and okay. i want to start off from uh, in inviting guests, uh, standpoint, then move into the podcast preparation and then in post. So if you'd like to start off with how you go about inviting guests and reaching out to them, uh, first. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have guests on that 
I want, I mean, that I'm interested in, right? People that I would like to hear about their stories. Um, So I, I, I consume a lot of content, probably more than I should, but because of that, I know a lot of content creators and who I want to have on the show. And so when it comes to reaching out to them, um, you know, I just either email them, you know, message them on Instagram or, or, uh, or Twitter and just tell them, you know, Hey, who I am. My name's Jared. I have, I'm the host of the high podcast. This is what the show is about. This is why I think you would be a great fit to come on. I want to, you know, explore this with you. Would you be interested? And hopefully you get a response. And once I do, I have a, um, a link that I send them to be able to schedule a time, um, that fits with their schedule. I, I block out Tuesdays for the most part. And so Tuesdays are open. I have a couple time slots. If that doesn't work, I, I tell them to reach out to me and we'll figure something else out on the side, but Tuesdays are usually the day. Um, and then it has a questionnaire, you know, can you record your own audio? Uh, do you mind being on camera? Cause it's, it's a video podcast as well. Is there anything you don't want to talk about? I think that's super important to ask. Yep. Like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And also, is there something specifically you want to talk about? Um, and so there's a few questions there and it makes it really easy for them um, to schedule and to kind of already start to be a part of that, like pre-production of the podcast. Is, is that a specific type of software or is that something you've developed? Uh, no, it's uh, Calend- Calendly. Um, okay. It's just a, yeah, it's just a website that you can sign up. It's free. They have a paid version, but I use the free version and, and it's, it's super simple. It sends the guest a, like a reminder and uh, like a, little link they can put it on the calendar and everything it's great i didn't initially do that and it was a little bit like all right let's find a date that works for each other and that's fine but um having that just makes it come across a little more professional a little easier to to book guests and there's less communication that has to go back and forth too it's just like click the link book it and i get a notification that it's been booked it's the workflow for that super simple it's great i'm going to be definitely looking into that because as you know going back and forth, trying to schedule this stuff. Uh, and everyone's got busy work lives. Yeah. Everyone's in different time zones. So that's tough. It's all part of it that goes into the, the background workflow of producing a podcast. Well, uh, then getting into the editing after the fact, you've had your guest on, you've recorded. Uh, how often do you edit? And uh, I guess how long does it usually take you to produce a single podcast? Yeah. So I, I edit every week. So I, I edit a week before the episode comes out. So it's just kind of fresh in mind. Um, yeah. So the, the video portion of the podcast is super simple. Um, I kind of produce it on the fly with, uh, I use Ecamm, which is a, is a great software that people can just, you know, it's almost like Zoom. They can just come into to Ecamm from any web browser and um, I have scenes set up and I can switch before, between them with my, my stream deck. And so it's kind of produced on the fly. Um, Ecamm records great audio. So after that, it's just a matter of putting it into uh, Final Cut Pro, putting my little intro in there. And then, you know, some graphics for call outs for social media accounts and subscribe buttons and my outro. Um, and then it's exporting. So the video portion literally takes maybe 10, 15 minutes. Super simple. Um, the audio portion though, gets, gets polished a lot more because the video is more like there for a live behind the scenes recording of the actual podcast recording for, for people to see, but the, the audio portion goes through more in depth polishing. So I'll, I'll record using the roadcaster. Um, I always have multiple backups of 
audio. So the roadcaster's audio, and then hopefully the guest might be able to record audio and then Ecamm records audio, which is really high quality. I've used that multiple times for guest audio. Um, so I find the best track for, for the guest audio and it's all recorded on the roadcaster multi-track brought into logic. And from there it goes through, um, just listening back and maybe cutting out gaps because when you watch, when you watch a podcast, it's interesting. You can have these little, uh, gaps in your speech and it's natural because you can see what's happening. But when you're listening, those gaps, even when they're really short, can seem a little awkward and too long, even though they're not. So it's cut. It's just basically splicing up the episode, tightening up the audio so it flows consistently. And then after I have that all chopped up, then it goes into EQing, compressing limiters, kind of tweaking um, your audio, getting rid of those annoying frequencies and kind of leveling out the decibels and then you export it. So um, that can take, that can take a while depending on how long the episode is. I tweak it a lot. Like, I mean, I could be moving those gaps just like a split millisecond. Oh, it's, I get a little too OCD about <laughs> it. So um, what I, what I, what I have found that has helped and, it, and you can probably relate to this as a host, is it makes it difficult when there's multiple people talking at the same time. And so it's tough because you want to have a conversation, but it's also an interview podcast. So I ask a question and then I have to remind myself to shut up and let the guest talk. <laughs> uh, when I do that, it makes it a lot easier to edit yep. because you can see exactly the, you know, the, the audio lines and where you need to cut. So um, it just varies on time. I would say probably like a couple hours um, start to finish on the audio. And, um, I try not to do it in one sitting, um, because if I do it in one setting, I, I, I might rush through it, but if I break it up into, you know, 20, 30 minutes here and there over a couple days, it's not so bad. It's amazing how two pod podcasts can be so much different because for my podcast and like, I'm just a hobbyist, we're just starting out here. Well, I can't say that anymore because I'm 49 episodes in, but congrats, uh, man. I just hit 50 this week. My, my 50th, I mean, as of when we're recording this, my 50th launched. And, I actually, yeah, been I, I've been watching that with Tom Buck and for all yeah. my listeners, you should definitely go back and listen to that interview. It was great. I had a lot of fun listening to it because it paralleled my journey in podcasting so well that uh, it was almost startling to me, like, whoa, this is this is amazing, the thought process that goes behind these things. But uh, getting back to the editing, from my, from my standpoint, my videos take so much longer because I'm using 4K video from my camera and then I'm pulling it into uh, Final Cut and splicing it over the Zoom recordings. And that gets to be super tedious. And on the audio side, I take the Rodecaster Pro audio and I take it out and I, I do very uh, minute editing on the podcast. And um, I was just talking about it on uh, one of my last episodes that if I were to take out all the ums and ah and all the useless speech that I say, it would probably cut my podcast time in half, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, totally get that. I've been listening back to a couple of my episodes and I was just like, Hey, if you want to play a really fun drinking game, just take yeah. a shot every time I say the word like 
I think it's to that California speech. Isn't it? Isn't <laughs> the it California slain? Like I say, like so much when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it, I gotta it, work on that. It's scary to listen back to your own episodes because it's like, what? I didn't say that that many times. I sound ridiculous, <laughs> you know. And uh, I always say, oh man, what was my guest thinking during this part of the interview? And I'm saying, uh, repeating myself over and over. But hey, it's all part of the journey, and. Uh, I feel like I'm getting better every episode and I, I'm sure you feel the exact same way. Um, yeah. I've really enjoyed doing the the video portion because I had all the equipment already. So I'm using my black magic camera feeding into, I was originally using just a, a stream deck, not stream deck, but the capture card from Elgato. Now yep. I have an ATEM. And so the, the audio feed, the, not the audio feed, the video feed runs straight into that, into the computer, into Ecamm. Um, the great thing about black magic is I can have the LUT already on the camera. And then uh, with the ATEM, you got some software that you can kind of tweak the, the saturation and contrast. So the video basically is already dialed in once you start recording, which is really, really helpful. That sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> I would probably not do the video portion if I had to color like if i had to do everything right. you were doing i wouldn't do it <laughs> I, I mean i'm definitely gonna be looking into all this software and stuff but uh you know um zoom is just a free software right now so i've jumped on board with that and i'm sure uh there's other softwares out there that are better but uh another thing i noticed that is a tedious thing for me is lining up your mouth with the audio do you have any issues with that when you're using ecamm I don't because you can actually control the audio delay straight okay. in Ecamm. Um, yeah, I, I tried using Zoom and I had that issue as well. And I tried tons of different like workarounds and I could not like on the live actual like recording, have it come out where everything's in sync and you would have to mess around with that. The nice thing is with Ecamm, um, yeah, you can control the audio delay which is really, really helpful. So it, that'd be awesome. You got to go through like trial and error to figure out how many frames it works for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think I was talking to, to Tom and he, and this was like when I, I asked him forever ago, forever ago. And I think he said he was using like 10 frame de delay. Okay. I only use four oh. and it, that works for me. So it's just trial and error to figure out, do a couple test recordings yep. um, on Ecamm and you kind of figure out the sweet spot. Right. And, uh, yeah, it works. It's really helpful. So another thing that I was interested in when you were saying you take the audio from Ecamm, Roadcaster, and it sounded like you had one other source. Uh, uh, the guest, if they're able to. Oh, the guest. Okay. So when you're taking those audios uh, or the audio out of there, uh, do you find that the Roadcaster has the best audio or is sometimes Ecamm better? Um, it's, it's hit and miss. Okay. Like it, they're pretty close. Um, I think it all just depends on the guest and, and the how like their the mic they're using and yep. stuff. Sometimes Roadcaster um sounds just fine. Sometimes Ecamm sounds a little better, but the, the okay. audio you get from Ecamm is fantastic. It's really, really good. Like the audio that you hear on the video version of the podcast is Ecamm's audio. It's not oh, the Roadcaster's wow. audio. So oh, okay. it works great. Yeah. See, I always splice in the Roadcaster audio into the video side of things because I find that the zoom recording of the audio is not very good. It's uh, yeah, 10 it's out of not. 10 times the recording off the Roadcaster will be better. So it's it's yeah, interesting a, to hear that. I'm a big Ecamm fan because you get a stereo mix okay, and then you also get um, a separate track. So you get your oh, wow. track and then you get the guest track as well, which is really nice. 
I'm going to definitely have to be looking into this stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about your background before podcasting and YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, man, I've had a lot of different jobs. Um, but prior to being self-employed, um, I was in the beer industry for seven years working in sales and marketing for a local beer distributor that sold a t- ton of different beer brands. So, you know, the big Goliaths of the beer industry, you know, stuff from Anheuser-Busch to like Sierra Nevada and local like mom and pop breweries. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, they got bought out though by Anheuser-Busch and I didn't want to go back to that corporate life. I, I had worked for a corporate company in the past working for uh, Vons or Safeway um, and working my way up there. And I just, I just didn't want the, that working for a big corporate company anymore. Um, so everybody got laid off. You had to reapply. I didn't feel like doing that. Um, I was doing photography on the side, doing a lot of real estate work um, just as a side hustle, making part-time in- income doing it on the side. So theoretically, you know, if you're doing it part-time and making part-time income, if you do it full-time, you should make full-time income. So right. I took that leap, um, you know, horrible time to take that leap, you know, Thanksgiving week. And, uh, and then COVID hit like a few months later, but um, it's all worked out. The business has really picked up awesome. and uh, it's been great. So um, yeah. And then I started the podcast around that time too, um, March of March or April of last year. So yeah. Awesome. So you said you kind of uh, have a niche in real estate right now. Is that mostly yeah, what you're doing? Yeah. Just because there's no real, I started to get into event photography and okay. doing some events and I, I love that because it's just live action and you're, you're capturing what's going on at the event. Um, doing a lot of like conferences and stuff. That was a lot of fun. Um, not, I mean, it is fun. They're long days, but it's also not as stressful as doing like a wedding or something and they still pay really well. So right. I loved getting into, into those, but those went away. Um, but the real estate business is really, at least here in California has really taken off. And because of COVID people realize the importance of having good digital assets, photos, videos, um, virtual walkthroughs, floor plans, um, so that's, that's helped out a ton and really helped the business grow. And, uh, yeah, so it's doing really well. I've really found that, uh, real estate has been good to me as well. Uh, I've got a drone company on the side where I just do drone media and stuff. And, uh, it's been great. And like you said, COVID might've helped that out a little bit because people are realizing that, uh, Hey, I can sit at home and view all these homes from, you know, the comfort of my own couch and stuff and the 3d tours and all yep. that. So, uh, uh, it's fun to see the, um, path that I have with you just kind of a line here. Um, is there any other equipment that you use that you would say you have to have it? Like what is the best equipment you use, whether it's real estate or podcasting or YouTube? Um, man, cause it, they all require different equipment. Right. So that's a tough question, yep. question to answer. But, uh, I mean, what's your favorite? Yep. Uh, what's my favorite? I love, I love the Rodecaster, right? Mm-hmm. I love yep. the Rodecaster. It's a fantastic right piece of equipment you. and, uh, you can, I use it to record YouTube audio. Um, when I, when we start, I start getting more corporate video gigs, you know, and there's interview portions, I'll probably take the Rodecaster with me over my zoom H six. I think it is a uh, field recorder, right. even though that's small, the audio that comes out of this is just so nice and yep. almost ready. Like ready to go right, right out of the recording. Um, but ultimately I think the most important piece of gear you need, um, and any like digital creative space is, 
um, a good computer. I think you need a good computer. Um, and computers can be expensive. So if you can't afford something that's going to have like a lot of RAM, um, wait <laughs> and save up because um, I think having, when I first started, I had an iMac that uh, only had like six, it was an older iMac. It only had like eight or maybe 16 gigs of RAM. Okay. Um, but I was able to, to upgrade to a, a newer, like, I think it was the like 2019 one with the better resolution. Um, and then I, with the 27 inch, you can swap out the RAM. So I think I have like 128 gigs RAM in there. Uh, I think having a computer that can keep up with your workflow is so important because otherwise you're just going to be, you're going to hate life when that computer is dragging. So I think having a good computer is overlooked. Everybody's focus is on the camera or the microphone or the recorder. Get yourself a really good computer to be able to handle your workflow and then go from there. Uh, that is great advice. I am in that rut right now. Uh, I'm using a 2013 MacBook Pro, and it's oh, hanging. Yeah, it's got, that's got to be painful. It's hanging <laughs> in there, but I'm telling you, the amount of times I'm seeing the spinning wheel and the crashing oh, yeah. and all that stuff when I'm doing editing, uh, it's a nightmare. So I have to ask, what are your thoughts on the Mac Mini? I haven't messed around with it okay. um, at all. Um, I... I probably won't get it at all. Um, I, I'm so uh, in love uh, with IMAX being able to have a screen built in. I would hate to have to get another monitor. And I know that for some people, they would never get the IMAX because they want to have their own super wide monitor. I just like the all-in-one system. Yep. So if I ever upgrade again, it'll be another IMAX. I really hope they change the design because the new IMAX, I think, are horrible they're <laughs> absolutely ugly like they look great for, like uh marquez said they they look great from the back but you never see the back it's right <laughs> you're working in the front um i would rather see the new imac be thicker i don't know why who cares how thin it is it's sitting on your computer on your desk yep make it thicker get rid of that chin and i have no idea why they went with a white bezel like that looks just horrible it looks so bad so um I'm I'm perfectly happy with my 2019 iMac right now, and it, it's a it's a great computer. But if I ever have to upgrade, I hope that they come out with a higher end iMac that doesn't look like a kid's toy. Yeah, right. And I watching their presentation, I thought, man, they're putting a lot of emphasis on the colors. And I think every time I think, who cares? <laughs> it's, I don't I don't really care about the colors. Yeah, and they're the, like super soft, like pastel, like yep. Easter looking colors. Yeah, that's all right. I know some and people like that. You didn't but... come out with a black one. Like yep. you came with all these colors. Yep. You couldn't come out with a black one? I know. That's that's what <laughs> I was thinking going through that whole presentation too. But uh, so those new ones, I don't think you can add RAM to them, can you? No, because they're yeah. replacing the 21 right. inch, right? And the 21 I... inch didn't have a RAM door. So um, yeah. So who knows if even the, the new you know, if they're replacing the 27 inch with maybe a 30, hopefully we'll see. Right. Um, be, who knows if they'll allow, allow you to switch out the Ram, you know? And that's a big feature because when you're paying for Ram through Apple's world, uh, that gets very costly quickly if you're, oh, if you're just ridiculous. paying for what they have. So that's why I was kind of thinking, uh, maybe I'll go a budget route. I'll get the Mac mini with maybe, a. um, I know Tom had a great video on a hub that he got where he could put in an SSD off that hub, but uh, I guess I'm not sure. But uh, you put up a good point for the actual iMac, um, uh, and I don't know. Do they still sell that version where you can? 
Uh, I think they still sell the twenty, the regular do? twenty-seven inch okay. iMac as as of right now. I'll have to, um, I'll have to check. This that was out the twenty nineteen with the what five point seven k okay uh, monitor. Um, yeah, I don't want to put a whole lot of thought in the monitor. Like, I just need, I just need a fast machine. On, like, and I I like all in one computers. I agree, and I'm. Uh, I think you said earlier you were a Final Cut Pro guy. Have you ever tried Adobe nope. uh, editing suites? And and uh, that seemed like a quick answer. Is there a reason nope. for that? Uh, I, well, first, if you have a Mac, you know, Final Cut is optimized to work with right. a Mac. Yep. It's a lot faster than, uh, Adobe. Um, and also you only got to pay once, right. For Final Cut right now, yep. um, you buy it, it's it, that's it. Um, while Adobe might seem like, oh, it's a, it's a cheaper up, upfront cost. Cause you're just paying monthly for it. Um, in a year you've already spent, I think double than you would have and for final cut. So I do a lot of video editing for clients. I just, the, the one price, it was just worth it to take that hit up front and never have to worry about it again. I still subscribe to Adobe products, just Lightroom and Photoshop. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I love final cut. It's, It's a great tool. I do too. And one of the things I like about it is I never have issues with it crashing. And if, if, something crashes, it's my computer. It's not Final Cut. And uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about issues with crashing and losing their entire project with Adobe and then having to start all over. And uh. I I think about that and I think if that happened to me one time, I would never use it again. Right. <laughs> I couldn't imagine putting all that work in and just losing it. I think it's just whatever you're used to, too. Um, I think Final Cut is, it's so user-friendly. Right. It's fantastic. Um, I do that for all my editing. Now I, I do use DaVinci a little bit now. Okay. Um, and I use it basically just for color grading because the color grading tools in there are fantastic. So I'll it, color grade in there and then export clips and then just chop them up and finish the editing and final cut. So did you, I'm assuming you watched the whole Apple presentation with the release of the new products, the new, I didn't, oh, you didn't? I didn't. Okay. Because Tuesday, um, I got my COVID, I had a COVID shot okay. right at when the the presentation began. And then I had a couple client jobs I had to go do. And I also knew if I watched it, I would probably want to buy something. <laughs> right. And uh, that's that's only going to hurt me. Yep. <laughs> I don't uh, need anything. I, was gonna... I don't need the iMac. I, I already have an iPad Pro that works just fine. Um, and AirTags, like, I mean, what's there to know? It's like a tile. I have a tile. Like yep. if I need an AirTag, I'll buy an AirTag. I was going to ask you your thoughts on that uh, iPad Pro. I was going to see if you thought maybe you could do all your editing on that, but. Uh, I'm not a fan of editing on an iPad. Okay. I, I, like I don't understand why people are so adamant to be able to edit on an iPad. So many people want to edit like Final Cut and video on, on That's iPads. That's true. And yep. Why would you want to edit on such a tiny screen? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it. Maybe because you can, it's, you can do it on the go, but I don't want to do it on the go. Like I like editing in front of my computer in my office with my headphones on. I don't know why people are so adamant about editing on a 12 inch or 12.9 inch iPad. Like it's a good point because (laughs) I saw the videos coming out yesterday of man. Now, uh, now you can do all your editing, everything on the iPad Pro. And then I was thinking about it and thinking, mm, maybe, maybe that would be the way to go. But now hearing this perspective, that's absolutely. Maybe because they, it's just like, maybe it's the only device you would need at all. Could be. And I, I could yep. see that. You don't yep. need an, a laptop anymore. You can yep. just do everything on your iPad. And I, I get that. But if you're a professional 
YouTuber, video editor, video editor, and even photo editing. I don't understand why you would want to edit on such a small screen. Yep. So. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that perspective. Um, I guess my next question is what is the most rewarding thing uh, that has happened to you as, as a podcaster? Uh, most rewarding thing? Uh, absolutely. Like getting to know people and, yes. and being able to, to build relationships um, with just amazing creators and, and be able to, to keep that relationship going and, and chatting with them. I mean, being able to have Tom come on and host episode 50 um, was fantastic. And um, I mean, that's, that's a benefit of, of podcasting and um, you know, getting involved in the creative community. That's, that's been the most rewarding thing. That's my favorite part as well. It's fun to learn from the professionals, but it's really fun to get to know everybody and know that everyone's genuinely nice. I mean, it's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. But also hearing how the show's impacted other people, you know, when people right. retweet your show or, or share the show, it's just such a cool feeling that people, people are listening <laughs> for right. one, but they're actually enjoying, enjoying it enough to want to share it, which is really cool. All right. So you're, you don't have a podcast scheduled. You, you're not editing. What do you do for fun? What do I, uh, watch YouTube, um, watch YouTube. Yep. <laughs> watch YouTube, listen to podcasts. I mean, yep. do everything that the, the podcast is about essentially, um, uh, occasional binge watching, you know, yep. TV yep. today's we're recording on a Friday. I can't wait to go watch, uh, um, was it, uh, winter soldier and, and the Falcon or whatever okay. it's called on Disney plus, you know, I, I yep. like watching good, good TV shows. I thought for sure you were going to say the release of the new Mortal Kombat tonight, but, uh, uh no, see, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big, uh, HBO max guy. Like okay. I refuse to pay for another, like, don't get me started <laughs> on this, on the streaming wars. Like how many, after you get all these subscriptions, you might as well just have cable. So I'm, I'm right there uh, with you. Uh, as ridiculous. far as final cut and anything like that, I like the one-time purchase. And yeah. the scary thing is it seems like most things are going to the subscription plans. Oh, from and from a business uh, aspect, people are going to make more money. I it's get great. That. I get it. Uh, from a business uh, point of view, I would definitely move to that platform as well. But, uh, as a customer, I love the one-time purchase. Mm-hmm. Well, before I let you go, um, I always have a little lightning round where I ask about 10 just quick questions, maybe get oh, to know you a little better. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, here we go. If you could have anyone on your show, who would it be? Anyone on my show. Yep. doesn't um, have to be a YouTuber. It can be yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I Actually, you know who I really want to have on the show? My dad put this idea in, in my head, and I'm going to do it eventually. We'll see. I mean, hopefully. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, like the, cool. I'm, I'm listening to his book right now, dude, is such a cool dude. I've seen him on a few other podcasts and like, that would be really cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> that would be cool. I'd love to listen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Favorite MLB team. I'm a baseball guy. I don't know oh, if you are me too, man. I'm a huge baseball guy. Got All right. For my Padres, man. Okay. Got awesome. For my Padres. Well, uh, I'm a big twins fan and it's not going so hot right now, but I feel like they've got the players to turn it around. Yeah, my Padres finally, the last team in Major League Baseball, got their first no-hitter like a couple weeks ago. I've for got, last team in Major League Baseball to do it. I've uh, got him on my Fantasy Baseball League. So, nice, uh, man. Yep, I'm excited about that as well. All right, Sony, Nikon, Fuji, or Canon. You have to sign with one of these companies for the rest of your life. Who would you choose? 
Ooh, man, that sucks because it really depends on what you're shooting. Yep. Um, what are my options again? Uh, Sony, Nikon, Canon, or Fuji? Uh, probably Sony, but I don't own any Sony cameras anymore. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Is that just because you think they're, uh, I think they're better, the they're better the all around. Um, I okay. have no, I, oh, I, I've never used a Fuji. Okay. I don't have any experience with Canon. Um, I use Nikons for my business right now, but, um, Sony's just way better in video and they take good pictures too. So I would have to go to Sony. And I added Fuji in here. I actually don't know many people who use it, but I've had Ken Original Dobo on the show, and I know he uses that for yeah, his yeah. real estate. I, I got to shoot full frame. I, okay, I have to. I, I can't use any like Micro Four Thirds or crop sensor. Okay, I just I I need those wide angles, and you have to get such a wide angle lens when you're not using a, a full uh, full frame. So I got to I got to go with some something that has full frame. Awesome. All right, this one's probably going to be tough. Biggest influencer in your life. Oh man, that's really tough. I mean, I have to, I have to say my wife, right? Yeah, there you that, go. That's like the smart answer. That is right? the smart answer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> All right. Favorite movie. Favorite movie, The Hunt for Red October. Okay. For sure. I love, I love me some Sean Connery. I, I, I can watch that movie over and over again. So are you a Bond fan? I am a Bond fan. Me but, too. Uh, uh, he isn't my favorite Bond. Roger Moore is my favorite Bond. Oh, that's interesting too. The man with the golden gun is—is is that one of your favorites? It, I love that one, man. Okay, good, I do too. Stuff. Yep. Who's your least favorite Bond? This is not one of the I, questions, but uh, um, God, what's his name? He only did two episodes, uh, two two movies. I can't I can't remember. Is it his George name. Lazenby? Or no? Um, I can't remember the dude's name. He's a super famous actor, and he's he's great in all his roles. He just okay. sucked as Bond. I okay. think he was the dude right before Pierce Brosnan. I can't remember who it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look back at that too. All right. Best book recommendation. Best book recommendation. Let me look at my books right now. Um, I don't even have all my books out right now. Is uh, crushing it on the shelf? Crushing it is not because I have the, um, I have the audio version of okay. that. But like, if you're just looking for a, a good read, I'm a big fan of, of Dan Brown. Okay. You know, he, he's, he wrote, um, origin. He wrote all the, um, uh, Da Vinci code books, all that stuff. All right. He's one of his books. Well, uh, when someone listens to your podcast, what is the one thing you want them to take away from your channel? Uh, just get started. Don't stop. Stop thinking about it. Have a plan in place. Do it, do it like in a smart way, but a plan, like I said in this, in my episode 50 plan is just a plan. It's something on paper. It's just a piece of paper or an idea if you don't get started. So this is a scary plan and just start. This is scary. Preston Jensen's podcast, episode 48. It's talks about all about just getting started. And I, that's what I've found. Everyone I have on this show, that's their main advice. Just get started. They wish they would have started sooner. So I'm glad you brought that up. All right. Uh, teleprompter or no teleprompter? For what? Uh, for video production, do you do you appreciate people when they use that, or, uh, or would you prefer uh, just the raw? I think it depends what you're doing, but I'll I'll go with teleprompter. Like I'm using one right now. Yep. So I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Favorite TV show. Oh, favorite TV show. 
that's a tough one because I like TV. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Lost. Lost was pretty good. Oh, I didn't I like the seen ending. That one. Okay. I, I didn't like the ending, but uh, it, it's a good show. How about Breaking Bad? Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't seen Breaking Bad. I know. Okay. I know. Yeah, I you should. That bad wagon. Uh, or uh, Game of Thrones. Were you a Game of Thrones guy? No, nope. no. I was frustrated with that one. I watched most of it, and then the ending just kind of threw me off. So, <laughs> but uh, I'll have to check out Lost. Haven't seen that one yet. But yeah, uh, it's been a long time. But uh, yeah, I like that. Was a good show. All right, last one. Most embarrassing podcast moment. Maybe you don't even oh. have one. Oh man. Um, most embarrassing podcast moment. I mean, I, I have plenty. I, I, uh, someone, I had someone on that called me by the wrong name and we had to restart, <laughs> but I also, ha- I also like returned the favor to somebody else on accident oh. and had them on and started and, and called them the wrong name. Like, Oh, what? Yeah. Oops, yep. My bad. <laughs> I, I know who you are. I don't know why I said that. Yep. Um, of course, you'll never hear that because that's right. that's not in any episode. <laughs> that's why I ask because I've got so many from my own that uh, just come up and you don't hear about it because it's usually edited out. But uh, I knew there had to be something in there. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I was doing some. I think I called someone. Yeah. I was emailing somebody right before the I hit record and then just, you know, that was what yep. was on my mind. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I feel for you. It happens. But uh I, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to come on to my show. I had a lot of fun. This It's fun learning from a, a fellow podcaster. Uh, um, I've had a lot of fun here. I look forward to uh, hopefully having you on again in the future. Maybe Absolutely, uh, for man. some Anytime. other milestones or whatever. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, man. It's been great.